Welcome to the Global Careers Podcast, sponsored by GW Cyber, the source for inspiring stories from seasoned professionals who've embraced a global role and reaped the benefits. We offer practical advice and insider tips across a broad swath of industries and fields around the world. You know, whether or not you've considered moving abroad or taking on an international role, globalization will impact your career. So join us for a lively discussion as we explore what an international career really means. My name is Stacey nevadomsky Burdan, and I'll be your host. In season four, we travel around the world exploring what it's like working abroad in some of the hottest industries and best countries for advancing your career. Come with us as we journey through rich and diverse cultures and deepen our understanding of the expat experience. Today, we're heading to Sweden to talk with Goran Kapriniak, Scrum Master and Digital Business Integration Specialist at Accenture Song. Goran grew up in Croatia and speaks English and German in addition to his native Croatian. He's a GW alum, having studied international business, including taking several classes with Professor Anna Helm, while also serving as captain of the swimming team. He's lived in Stockholm now for five years and works on projects across Europe. In his spare time, he enjoys riding his motorcycle and exploring the magnificent natural environment across all of Sweden. But his spare time has been decreased exponentially recently as he and his wife have twins who are under two years old. Welcome, Goran. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, Stacy. Glad to be here. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, it's great. We are so excited to have you as a GW International Business alum and a student athlete, which I don't think we've ever featured before. So I think this would be a great conversation for our listeners. So let's dive in. One of the first questions we always like to ask to set the set the stage and provide some context. Can you describe to us what it is you do? Not the titles, just what do you do every day? Yeah. So I'm a consultant in IT. Uh, and as consultant, that basically means that you do a bunch of different things um, across, depending on the client needs. But most recently, for the last two years, uh, I've been serving as a Scrum Master. And since we're speaking about IT specifically, there's this new way of working that's called Agile. And inside this way of working, um, there's some specific roles that each team needs to have. And one of the roles is this Scrum Master. And what I basically do on a day-to-day basis Big things such as facilitate the events that are mandatory on, under this ways of working. So you you essentially host the meetings, you you drive them, uh, you sort of go into the detail and nitpick, you know, like what kind of issues is the team facing. And then once you figure that out, you essentially help them solve it. And maybe another thing uh, would be you sort of serve as a protector of the team, let's say. So every team gets a lot of requests from external stakeholders. And rather than, you know, like, people going directly to your programmers or developers, they go to you. So you essentially serve as a proxy for your team, meaning that uh, you, know, you, you kind of push forward any requests that cannot be done at the time, uh, or you know, if something is super high priority, you bring that to the team for discussion. Uh, but the role is very wide. You, you have a lot of freedom you know, into, into basically doing the role as you see fit. But what it is, it's essentially support for your team that then delivers the actual, you know, code, let's say, or the program that you are using. Hmm, that's so interesting. And But you studied IB, not IT, right? So how did you make the leap or pivot to that kind of a job? Yeah, that's a good question. So when I studied it, I didn't really have any focus on the IT specifically, but my, my first job in the industry was as a project manager. Um, and I sort of went into it because it's, you know, project management, which is to extend what I studied and it was international firm. Um, and then when I, when I joined, I realized, oh, this is like, it's way more IT than actual project management in, in traditional sense uh, that you think of. 
And yes, so sort of from, from that junior project management role, as you dig deeper uh, into the IT, you, you learn more things. I eventually got to this role simply because I like to work with people more than the, the spreadsheets and technology. And this, this role allows me to do that. So I, I have more touch with the actual, you know, people doing things rather than just staring at Excel and, and you know, crunching numbers. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Great and interesting that you actually were able to identify that, pivot quickly, get the skills that you needed, and then do the job. That's great. But how did you end up in Sweden? So you grew up in Croatia, went to school in the U.S., and then now you're in Sweden. So tell us about that. Yes. So I can go back back to the start. Um, so high school, junior uh, in Croatia, I didn't have, uh, didn't really know what I want to do in life, in life, like most of the people at that age. The one thing that I was doing is I was swimming. Um, and I have a few, few older guys that went to the States to college before me from, from Croatia. And I sort of like realized, okay, if, if I want to continue swimming, I essentially, you know, I have to pick whether I want to stay in Croatia and go to college, focus on college, or I, I could try and go to the States, get a scholarship and sort of mix, mix the two. And that's exactly what happened. So for the first few years, I actually got a scholarship at Iowa Central Community College where I studied, uh, I got associate's degree. So I did a lot of general studying. Um, and then after two years, I transferred to GW where I enrolled into international business. And of course I continued swimming there. Once I graduated, I went back to Croatia where I uh, got my first job, like I mentioned. So it was junior project manager. And uh, after I wanna say about a year, I just couldn't really find myself there. I, I spent four years in the States. I liked the environment. I liked something different. And then going back home, I just didn't see myself there for the long term. So at the job that I was doing at the time, I also met my current wife. And we just decided, you know, let's let's try to go somewhere in Europe and see, you know, like how, how it would be to work somewhere and live somewhere for a couple of years. No strings attached, uh, no, no tar period. We just kind of decided to go for it and see where the, you know, where the road takes us. The one application that, that I sent to Sweden is the one that came back. Um, I've never visited Sweden before, never been to Stockholm, but I, I came here for one of the interviews. I liked it. They offered me the job and uh, yeah, I accepted it. And here we are five years That's later. That's great. So yeah, so you just went for it. I love the story. And, and even, even meeting a partner, super important that your partner, right, wants to also have this kind of global career that to move out of Croatia and work across Europe. So that's great. So what is it like to live and work in Stockholm? Yeah, um, so we loved it uh, initially. Once you move here, depending on, on, on time of the year that you move in, uh, it might be a bit rougher. So we moved in the middle of the winter and that was a big change for us. So coming from Croatia, that has quite balance of four seasons. Uh, we basically came here, you know, in the middle of the winter and had another four or five months of darkness and cold. And I would say that is probably one of the biggest uh, minuses of living here. You just have to get used to, you know, more darkness, less sunlight, in general, colder, wetter than, than most other places, maybe southern in Europe. Uh, but everything else has been a big plus for us. So the, the country, the whole country, not just Stockholm, is very beautiful. Like you mentioned before, the nature is essentially widespread everywhere. One of the biggest things that we like is that, you know, you, you, you work and live in the capital, but maybe 15 minutes of car drive and you're in the middle of the forest and you hear no cars, you, you have no contact with the city. We really love, love it. Um, it's surrounded by water. Uh, you essentially have this massive archipelago um, that's that's super beautiful. Um, standard of life is quite high, especially compared to the Eastern Europe where Croatia is. Um, so salaries are much better, benefits are much better. Country's 
quite developed, especially in IT. So if you look at, you know, the, the companies that are here that have headquarters here, such as Spotify or Klarna, you know, or these IT giants, let's say, a lot of opportunities in the industries would be here in Stockholm. And then, you know, you, you maybe have some, some things that people don't consider right away. Uh, but now that we have kids, you know, the, the, the whole system is structured quite well around the well-being of children. The whole social structure is quite, uh, it, it doesn't get much better than it is here, let's say. Yeah, uh, I think that's that summarizes it quite well. Yeah, that's great. That's what, so. It sounds like a, a wonderful place to live. All told, if you can actually deal with the cold and the darkness. Yes. <laughs> yes. I <would> say so. <laughs> yeah. Can you shed some light on how things are different from a business perspective, like a business environment, right? Business etiquette, cultural nuances, and since you've been in three major, like the U.S., Croatia, and Sweden you know, even maybe compare, contrast, what it's like, the business environments? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say first and foremost, and, you know, people usually say that, but maybe, you know, unless you actually been here, you, you don't really get a sense, but there is really a very good uh, work-life balance here in Sweden. If, if you work nine to five, uh, you work nine to five. There is no staying extra, you know, or, or staying late if you're in a Swedish company with mainly, mainly Swedish people. So it's 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 very um, ingrained in the culture. Like nobody will expect it from you. You're fine to leave early to pick up your kids from kindergarten, and that's something that we really like. Uh, but on the contrary, let's say I, I've worked a lot with the multinational clients and and multinational teams, and I, I basically had experienced on my own how some other countries work. I, I worked a lot of with uh, Italian teams, and I worked with Indian teams, and I'm also coming from Croatia, so I had that input, and I can say that. So work-life balance would be maybe the extreme of how good it can get here compared to maybe Italy or the States, you know, where, where the line is very thin, especially when you're young in the industry. Like it's expected of you to just, you know, sit down and prove yourself. You never go home before your bosses do. The work basically never starts. You, you're here to, you know, work, go home, sleep and come back. And that's something that, uh, you know, for some people it works, for some people it doesn't. But I would say that that, that is maybe the biggest plus here. Then uh, another thing uh, maybe to mention would be that in the States, well, I didn't specifically work in States, but since I lived there for four years, uh, I would say that maybe the, the hierarchical structure of the business world is, you know, it, it's kind of in the pyramid. So you, you clearly know who, let's say, the CEO is, who are the managers, and then who are, you know, let's say, in mind should be analysts or people on the lower levels. But in Sweden, the business structure across the, the board is very flat. So you essentially, once you walk into the office, and I had this experience when I just came here, I mean, you're in the elevator with someone who's essentially senior manager or, you know, like CEO of part of your company. And you don't even know because these people don't stand out. They chat with you like like they chat, like you chat with other coworkers. So, so the titles doesn't really mean anything outside, you know, like strictly business decisions. Like people don't carry that, or, you know, around uh, as a sort of like, you know, to promote, oh, I'm the CEO here. So like you, you need to schedule a meeting with me. It's, it's nothing like this. And my sense was that it was very much like that in the States and also in the Italy, like there is a lot of that, you know, where you, you kind of have levels. If you want to speak with someone above you, you, you need to follow these steps. Mm-hmm. But here it's, it's very flat. Um, and that's really nice because, you know, you, you get a lot of valuable input or, you know, like you can ask for a lot of advice. You just have, you know, access to, to this knowledge that is usually sort of like, yeah, not accessible right away unless you climb the, the corporate structure. 
Yeah, that's great. I mean, it sounds very practical, reasonable, and a way to get much more efficient getting things done. Yeah. So working, you said you work with teams regionally and around the world. Do you sense that dynamic tension that kind of exists when you work beyond, you know, one's own culture, at least within the country where things begin to tug and pull in different time zones and different ways of doing the business, especially ones that maybe consider you got to work until the job's done, not just the nine to five? Yeah. Have you experienced that? Yeah, absolutely. So I say, especially in IT, I think as far as the time zone goes, IT as a whole has been quite good to adjust to that. So, you know, like some people just work different times to adjust to the other time zones or the time zone of the client. Uh, but but the work-life balance in these teams is quite noticeable. So you can definitely sense, you know, when, when there's work that's due and then, you know, you can have team from one part of the world really pushing for it, you know, regardless of what time it is, maybe you're already, you know, two hours over time. Uh, you have other plans, but they just, you know, they, they push for, okay, let's finish this and then we can go. But then here in Sweden, you would never have that here. You know, people would just close their laptop. They wouldn't really ask for permission from anyone. It's just, you know, I came here to do my job. It's five o'clock now. I've done what I could have in, in you know, since nine to five. And my, my work day ends here, essentially. And then if you look at, let's say, if we put Croatia in this mix, you'd kind of have just just kind of a golden middle. So I would say it really depends, you know, if it's something that's really important, you can you can tell that to people and people will usually, you know, like they'll be willing to stay, put in the extra effort, especially, you know, if, if they work on the project, they know that it's valuable for them. Um, they would be very open to stay. Uh, but at the same time, you cannot push them too far, uh, you know, before they would kind of uh, rebel, let's say, you know, they would. They, they, they wouldn't just stay and work for, you know, five hours extra every day just to finish the work because that's not what the culture is like. So it, you can really notice that even, you know, when, when you work uh, with remote teams, you're never in person. It's, it's mostly online and it's very rarely, you know, like face to face. So you have to kind of uh, manage these, you know, like you, you don't see their face expressions usually uh, unless the cameras are on. There's, there's a lot of stuff that uh, is intangible. You know, you have to work around uh, to figure out what are, you know, what are people actually thinking. It's one thing when someone writes it to you, but you don't hear their tone of voice sometimes. Like a lot of stuff happens just, you know, via emails or via typing. So with the experience, you kind of get to know these cultural differences and, and there are many. And then you, you figure out, you know, how to manage each of these teams for a different part of the world. But Yes, most definitely, I would say that the, the cultural differences are huge. Yeah, sounds tricky. Can you give a tip or two how, obviously, time and experience, that's one. But can you give a tip or two how for listeners who may be actually entering into this space and um, how they can actually learn a little faster? Or? Yeah, I would say experience is very critical. And one of the things, you know, like traveling around the world and just being open to new ideas and, you know, experiencing different cultures you right away, you're kind of more open towards, okay, like these people are different from us. They work in a different ways, ways. their set of values is different. So essentially what it comes down is to, you know, like be a good listener uh, and people will generally, you know, like express uh, what it is that, you know, like they want or what, what, they, what they deem uh, good or bad. So let's say, for example, if, if you work with someone from Sweden, you have good chance that they will tell you, you know, okay, it's five o'clock now. It's it's time to go home for me. And then you don't push them anymore, you know, because that's like they're gone by, by this time. But maybe if you work with someone from, from India, for example, you know, like you could push them for a bit longer and, and 
they, they will maybe not push back, you know, they will not tell you, but over time you kind of get a sense of, okay, like these people also have lives and they will give you these small hints, you know, oh, maybe I need to do this or I need to do that. Or next day, maybe they show up a bit late because they, you know, do something that maybe they, they should have done last night when, when they worked and so on. So I think uh, being, being a good listener and just overall respect that there's different cultures in the world and people act differently. So we're not all the same. And it's very, uh, it's very important in the business sense, especially if you work with other people and if you want to be a good manager. It's mm. one of the biggest things. Yeah, excellent advice. Thank you for that. That's great. Um, do you have other advice or tips for um, any of our listeners who are thinking about moving or, or considering a job in Sweden? So I would say, you know, in general, when, when people talk about Scandinavia and Nordic countries, they usually say that people are quote-unquote cold. Uh, but it just means that, you know, it's... Once you move here, uh, you might have a hard time finding, you know, like your, your group of friends. So if you move here, you should, I, I'd say, at least expect to spend here year, up to year and a half before you can make any conclusions. So I know a lot of people that tend to move here and then, you know, they don't like it because they didn't find their group of people and they tend to go away. So whatever you move, be it Sweden or another place, you, you just give yourself a time period of between a year and a half and two. So you actually get the experience uh, what are, what it's really like. Don't judge anything at the first sight. Uh, it's definitely a, a bad practice. So if you come here, just, you know, go with the flow. It's probably not going to be super easy at the start. But after a while, uh, I think you'll find your group of people and, you know, you will you'll have a great time. At the end of the day, um, it's very uh, multicultural city and the whole country is very uh, English friendly. And there's a lot of people like myself or, you know, anyone basically from around the world that comes here. So it's quite easy to get into, you know, fi- find, a, find a circle of people that are in the same shoes, but you have to be very proactive and, you know, like reach out and, and, and find that for yourself because people will not be maybe as, uh, as open as, as they would be in the States, you know, for hanging out or for giving you advice or anything like that. Yes, yeah, so you have to work a little harder. Is that one of the ways that you have had to adapt to living there? Kind of working a little harder to make friends and, and giving yourself time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and a lot of things here, uh, basically a lot of, let's say, like social interactions revolve around activities uh, because it's cold outside or it's dark. A lot of people do different activities, especially during the winter. And that's also how you meet people. So maybe that would be the, the second best advice that I could do. Just go out in the city and, and do different things. You know, like you can go and play badminton. You can go play indoor soccer. You can go swimming. Uh, you can go play board games with someone, but essentially, you know, whatever you like to do, just go outside in the city and, and find these activities. And this is usually how you find people that, you know, yeah, that, that will fit your social needs, let's say. And that's how you find friends. Uh, and that's also what we have done. Uh, and it worked fine for us. And you end up with your, you know, certain new circle of friends that is based on, you know, the activities that, that you have been doing. Yeah. How wonderful. That's wonderful. It's really, it's really you know, it sounds very kind of simple and straightforward, but it's very important what you've just described. It's really kind of changing and being flexible and adaptable to your new environment, sensing what's out there and how to make it work for yourself. Because you got this great job, you like it, you like living there, you know, it's wonderful, but it's not always very easy and you have to take the extra effort. So thanks for that. What do you think, besides some of that, you've described a lot of the challenges and benefits, but if you take a couple of steps back, so you've worked internationally now for five plus years. You're obviously pretty global. What do you see as some of the biggest benefits of working internationally? 
But most certainly the biggest benefit is that, especially in IT, that you can travel the world while, you know, while working. And that, especially in IT and historically, uh, it hasn't been the case. You know, a lot of these big companies, you have to move where, where the headquarters are. You have to work there. You're kind of stuck in one city. But nowadays, uh, you're basically free to almost work from, you know, any place you want in the world. And it doesn't just have to be Europe and the States. You know, you can go to, to Asia. It doesn't really matter. I think that is that is really the biggest benefits and you know part of globalization that is invaluable for for someone especially young because that is this is the time you know especially before you get the family you know maybe before you you buy a house like you really have the opportunity you know to get all this knowledge and travel around and and this is also how you climb the the ladder faster you know this is how you gain knowledge this is how you gain more experiences that will down the road bring you into the role that you really want to do if it's you know Maybe, maybe you don't get the, the, the ideal role of the role of your dreams right away, but a few years down the road, as long as you expose yourself, I would say just, just go out there and you know, travel a bit. And that, that's probably the biggest uh, benefit of, of, this, uh, mm. of the time that we live in. Mm, yeah, definitely. Well said. And as you said earlier, be open to meeting these other people, being open to actually the differences, because that's where a lot of the, the learning right takes place as well. So again, yeah, from maybe like a 30,000 foot view, what do you see on the horizon? So you, you've been out of college for a while, a good couple of years, right, in the workforce, doing a lot, living a lot of different places. What do you see people graduating now? What do they need to be aware of and prepared for? for the future, besides the globalization piece, which you just mentioned? Yeah, I think it's it's becoming quite more competitive. Every year, say the, the skill gap of, you know, like junior compared to seniors is lessened. Uh, and again, I, I mainly speak from the IT perspective because this is what I know, but maybe 10 years ago, you know, when, when someone was hiring a senior, that was a person with five to 10 years of, of experience. But now if you think about it, most of the technologies that we work with are only like maybe one, two or three years old. So you cannot find someone, you know, with five years of experience in, in a technology that's been here for only two years. So for a lot of younger people, you know, if you really dig into, you know, the technology or whatever you're working with for a couple of years, you no longer have to spend, you know, like 10 years to become a manager or, you know, you don't have to grind for 10 years to get in, into the role that you really like to do. And which, which has sort of been the, the standard in the past. And when I was studying, that was sort of the expected, you know, you enter the workforce, you do a lot of grunt work, maybe. And then you you eventually become this manager that you were always talking about. But now this this gap is, you know, it's, it's much smaller than it used to be. So once you get into the workforce, you know, like, you know, look look for the newer things, the, the changes that are happening in regardless of the industry, uh, and then and jump onto that train. You know, and that will basically bring you up to speed way faster in the industry because, yeah, you you essentially are jumping on something that is brand new, so no one has experienced it before, and you can be one of the first movers, and that's how you become more successful. And that's also one of the things that I have done here, and it's helped me greatly to you know climb up the ladder, but also, you know, meet more people, become more proficient in my job. And at the same time, you just over time, you know, like uh, as the technology moves on, you also become more senior and you've been there from the start. So it's a great thing to be somewhere from the start. Mm -hmm. And maybe in, historically it hasn't been like that. 
Yeah, super smart advice. I love it. I love it. We're coming to the end of our, of our conversation, but I want to ask a few more questions. One, go back to the personal. So Sweden, you said it yourself, beautiful country, archipelago, surrounded by water and nature and green, nature lover's dream location, essentially. What's it like? What do you do on the weekends? Tell us some fun stuff. Yeah, so I mean, it's. Uh, I would say it's depending on, on, on what time of the year you come here, it's definitely two different lives that you live. So now now when it's uh, sort of we're closing in on the winter time let's say you i would say you have to suffer through it so now this is the, the time of the year that you spend more more time indoors and less time outside so you essentially what you do is you you make a cozy uh, a cozy place for yourself and then you either read books you know you you do whatever you enjoy inside um, but then when when it's summertime essentially nobody's at home ever and you just go outside uh, people enjoy the smallest things. It's one of the great things here that I haven't experienced before. So as soon as the summer comes, you see the ray of sunshine. You see everyone outside on the lawns. You know, everyone's just sunbathing or just sitting or drinking coffee. Uh, people like to, they, they know how to enjoy the small things here. And that's one of the things that I also like. Um, but other than that, yeah, you just fill your life with, you know, with different activities. There is a lot of things going on in the city. You can go kayaking on any given day. You know, you can go to a bunch of different concerts, uh, especially during the summertime. Um, the nature is all around, like national parks. If you want to experience the extremes from maybe what the New York City would be of the big city life, I, I would say that this is completely the opposite side of that. You know, you still get the, basically almost all the benefits of the big city, but you get less of the, I don't want to say bad stuff because some people like it, but you get more nature. Let's say it's like, you know, more more natural side of, of things. Yeah, well, that sounds sounds like a great place to be. So as we wrap up, I just want to ask you one last question, because this has been a wonderful conversation, Gorin. Is there anything else that you want to add that you haven't, that you feel like you haven't shared that you want listeners to know about? Yeah, so maybe maybe the, the last advice that I would have, and, and I wish I used it up more, especially for people at GW, you're, you are in the center of the world per se. Um, just go out and, and find a mentor. Um, go out and find someone, you know, like I, I found my mentor while I was swimming at the pool and I had no idea that the person was, is, uh, let's say, in, in a high position up in one of the one of the big governmental agencies. Uh, and he helped me immensely. And he's probably one of the reasons why I also moved internationally. So I would say like, go outside and, and find someone that you can, you know, you, you don't have to talk to that person every day, but just find someone who's willing to share their knowledge with you. And if they're from international background, that's even better. Uh, but just like find a mentor and see what they, they can teach you. And that's probably the best word of advice that I can give you uh, because they will basically tailor it to, you know, like to who you are and to what you want to be in life and, and to your aspirations. And it's these small advices that you get over time that kind of stick in your mind. And then, you know, down the road, you you remember them and, and you use that knowledge and then, you know, you, you end up doing what you like or, you know, what uh, what you always wanted to do in life. But it's all because of these, you know, small things that add up over time. Yeah, that's great advice. And one of the things that GW and the GW Cyber team does is bring things like this podcast or other people to campus that people maybe can learn some things that way. Maybe they're a mentor, maybe they're not a mentor, but you're right. Taking advantage of actually getting out there and listening is just wonderful advice. Wonderful advice finding that. So thank you so much, Gorn. It's been a, a privilege to, to speak with you. I appreciate your taking time out of your very busy day with work and the twins. So Thank you, and um, good luck. Thank you, Stacy. It was a pleasure to be here. 
You have been listening to the GW Cyber Global Careers Podcast. Join us again next time. And in the meantime, go global.